Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dallas Step Discussion for another Monday night. This is the first Monday night in March of 2017, and it's the last Monday night before we go to Daylight Savings Time this coming weekend. So when I speak with you next week, we'll be on Daylight Savings Time, so don't forget to move your clocks or You'll you'll be a little screwed up on getting on the call. But I do want to welcome everybody. Uh, As usual, we have discussion. That's why this is called Dallas Debt Discussion. We have discussion of legal issues. We have discussion of uh, the debt collection industry, the use of the courts, the proper use of the courts, and uh, sometimes we get into some other uh, explanations and discussions as well. But the focus of what we do is merely discussion. We do not give legal advice. If you're looking for legal advice, please go find yourself a bar licensed attorney because you are definitely in the wrong place here. We do not do that. We don't pretend to do that. For the first reason, we have no idea what legal advice is. So uh, if we don't know what it is, we surely can't dispense it and give it to anybody. So uh, with that said, our discussions center around, uh, at times, situations that people find themselves in, circumstances in dealing with the debt collection industry, or possibly some other people if it's uh, TCPA-related, Telephone Consumer Protection Act. But the bottom line is we never give advice. What we do is give our opinion on what we might do if we are in a situation similar to yours, Uh, if we were in your shoes, so to speak. Uh, But we never give advice. If you want advice, you need to go find an attorney. Uh, It's just that simple. We're here to help people. That's what we've been doing. Uh, I've been doing for just shy of eight years, been uh, dealing with this specifically for uh, just shy of six years. And uh, uh, with the, the... well, let's let's put it this way. Dallas debt discussion uh, started in uh, June of 2009, so it'll be eight years, uh, the second week of June, that uh, I've been here. Haven't missed a Monday night, never missed a Monday night in all that time. That's the commitment uh, that I made to everybody to make this call happen. Always remember, it's your call. I'm simply the one that arranges to make it happen, pushes the buttons, directs the traffic. Uh, it's always your call. It's for us to learn from each other, from our experiences, from our study, from our uh, knowledge that we gain through a variety of means. But bottom line is, it's not legal advice. We always start with good news, and I want to see if anybody has any good news. If you do, all you got to do is uh, speak up. We don't ask anybody to raise their hand and uh, hit star eight to uh, give good news. So if you have any good news uh, of any sort for us, let's hear it. 
Ooh, silence. Okay. No good news right at the moment. As usual, whenever anybody comes on, uh, they can always bring good news out. We don't uh, limit that to just the beginning of the call. The very simple reason for that is sometimes we have people that are uh, tied up doing things and they don't get on the call right away. They come in a little bit later, and that's fine. Uh, these calls are recorded, just in case uh, there's any new people listening on here. The uh, calls are recorded. Every single one has been recorded, and they're in the archives on the website on TalkShoe.com. All you got to do is uh, go to uh, Dallas Debt Discussion, put the pin in, 54318, up in the uh, search window, and just scroll down on the page, and you'll start seeing uh, all of the uh, listed calls with the most recent one listed first, and then they go back. There's pages and pages and pages of them. So with all that said, um, I don't really have any uh, any news to uh, put forward. Uh, my, my stuff, uh, as far as litigation goes, is kind of quiet. Well, actually, I do have something. I've got a... A uh, debt collector that started calling my cell phone. almost forgot about that. And they called again today, and I answered again, uh, and I get a pre-recorded message. To hear this message in English, press 1. Well, I don't want to hear their message, whether it be in English or any other language. And they're violating my rights by calling me with an automatic telephone dialing system. And there's a pre-recorded voice message. So I'm documenting all that. And uh, I think they've called about five or six times now. And it seems like uh, I'm getting uh, at least uh, a couple, maybe three calls a week now. This just started recently. So... You know, I haven't had any debt collection uh, calls, anybody doing that in quite some time. I did have one on my landline. They were looking for someone else. Uh, how they got my phone number, I have no idea, but they did. And uh, as soon as I informed them, and there was a live person when I answered, as soon as I informed them, they said they were going to take me off their list. I didn't even have to say anything else. So, Dave, I get a question. Because yeah. I, I haven't delved into the TCPA like you have, um, or National Do Not Call List. But doesn't the National Do Not Call List and the TCPA apply to all these solicitations for donations? Um like the cancer cancer people, the breast cancer people. The, I'm being inundated, and I keep telling them to take me off the list, and they uh, argue with me. Yeah, they uh, there there is a, uh, a loophole for uh, nonprofits. Um, if you have somebody like that, what I would recommend doing is telling them, okay, I I need the uh, uh, mailing address for you. I want to send you something in the mail. And get a mailing address and send them a uh, certified letter uh, telling them to stop calling you. And give your number, tell them to stop calling you. Effective immediately, any further calls will be deemed 
harassment and legal action will be commenced. But then if they get a loophole, or, you know, what can you sue them under? Well, if if you notice them, see, it, it doesn't, a loophole doesn't give them the right to harass you. To harass after they've been told. Exactly, and that's the, that gets to where you uh, you have to uh, document things. Yeah, I mean, I must that. have, I finally got really angry about it, but I must have told the breast cancer people at least two dozen times, stop it, you're not getting one dime out of me for something that's avoidable and curable already. Stop calling me. And they won't. <laughs> it's it truly is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean the these outfits have got uh, you know they, they want to promote something that uh, as as you know as you pointed out it's curable uh, and and avoidable and uh, it's. <laughs> and then they just continue. But, but, to you know, the sad part is though, Dave that most people are indoctrinated into the traditional medical health care belief, and they don't know it. So they don't know that they're soliciting for, you know, the elite to support the establishment that, you know, there's, it's it's all big pharma, it's all, it's all crooked. They don't know that. So, you know, that's the sad part. Yeah. They really think they're doing a good thing. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're just trying to collect, uh, you know, money for breast cancer research and this and that. And, well, uh, yeah, well, there's plenty of research out there and, and cures that will tell you that uh, yeah, if they you don't me need to spend that money on that. Just spend the money on, on all the cures for all the people that uh, have a problem and everything is if they would call and solicit me for money to support research and uh, 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 availability to the proper uh, way to avoid Treatments, cancer right. yeah. and, and the treatment to eliminate it um, that we know is there, then, yeah, I would support that. But as long as they're trying to collect for the cancer industry, forget it. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's an industry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> industry is right. Multi-billion yep. dollar industry. Yeah, it's big business. Well, you know, it's just like the, the chemotherapy. You know, chemotherapy for cancer, will, uh, they, they rip the... Uh, uh, insurance companies about two hundred grand, and then people die anyway. Yeah, it's just an expensive way to die off, and a miserable. Healthcare system is not about curing anything, and I've never seen them cure anything. They right. just treat the symptoms. Right, it's about money. It's all about yep. money. Without question. All right. Well, I want to see if anybody else has come on, and if we have anybody with good news. Uh, anybody with good news, all you got to do is speak up, and we'd love to hear whatever good news you've got. 
Uh, okay, we've got somebody on the board here again. Uh, Dave, I saw at least seven new cars while I was out running errands. The auto loan bubble is out of control. How do these uh, afternoons seem like every other car was a new car? Oh, yeah, brand new 2015 models all the way up to 17 models. Oh, I I see them all the time. There's uh, uh, new vehicles all the time in the parking lot of the apartment complex where I live. And, uh, I mean, this isn't... Uh, uh, this isn't high end. I mean, this is this is not the bad rent district, but it's it's not you know the the high dollar uh, place. But there's still tons and tons and tons of new vehicles in here. And uh, oddly enough, I have a 2000 Buick. You know, now good grief, we got the 17s out. So I've got a 17 year old car that is just. I mean, on the outside, it's almost like brand new. It's beautiful. Uh, there's uh, only two minor little chips in the paint. Uh, the car was garaged before I've got it. I've had it for, what, two and a half years. Uh, it's a real nice car. The uh, driver's seat needs to be reupholstered and stuff. But uh, overall, it's a very, very pretty car. I had a guy stick a card uh, on the uh, side window yesterday. You know, if you want to sell this car, <laughs> let me know. Well... No, I don't want to sell it. I have no car payments. My insurance is very I hear you there. I drove it up to uh, Wichita, Kansas a month ago to uh, Leon's trial, and I got 30.6 miles per gallon each way. So, um, in fact, I that was four weeks ago, and uh, I drove back, and I finally had to put... Uh, gas in the car. I think I, I put gas in the car about four or five days ago. That was the first time I put gas in the car since I gassed it up in Wichita almost a month ago and drove 350 miles back here. So, Well, you know what, Dave? I took the Chevy up to Murphy last week, and we drove all over the place up there, back down to Blairsville and Blue Ridge and Hiawassee, you know, 30, 40 miles between each town. And um, I filled the tank when I got up there. So we did all that driving around. And I just put gas in my car yesterday. And my gas gauge doesn't work. I was just guessing. <laughs> I'm well, did it quit to... working again? Well, yeah. So I'm waiting on the cluster to get here. Oh. But uh, it must be getting pretty good mileage because... I put gas in it yesterday, and it wasn't empty. You know, I, it only took uh-huh. like uh, 13 gallons, I think. Yeah. So that's a lot of driving. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that's that's what you need. You need something today that, uh, unless you're independently wealthy, that uh, gets some pretty decent gas mileage. And, I mean, here I am with a 17-year-old vehicle. It gets 306 on the, the highway. so uh, uh, I love this no Equinox, and I, I really got a hellacious deal on it. There's not a scratch, not a dent. The seats aren't messed up. The carpet is, everything is clean. It's I had it detailed, of course, you know, just to um, get, it, get it cleaned good when I first bought it. But um, I put new tires on it. And I only paid $4,200 for that car. It's a 2007. But other than the gas gauge, that's the only thing 
I need to fix, and it's just a matter of replacing that cluster. I'm just waiting for it to get here. Yeah, you said you had ordered one. Yeah, Yeah, and the insurance is really low. I mean, it's like, what did I have to add? Like $38, I think. Oh, that's not bad. On insurance, yeah. yeah. So and I'm getting rid of the Buick, so that'll you know equal out to what it yeah, was before. Yeah, add one, drop one, right. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, again, I'm going to ask if anybody has got any good news. Uh, otherwise, uh, if anybody has got questions, you can hit star eight. That'll put you in the queue. And, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of people on the call tonight. I, You know, I kind of have a tendency to think that the weather is so nice that we've got a lot of people outside. I mean, it was, I think, 81 here today, something like that. Uh, I was inside, had my nose buried in computer screens and, and paperwork and analyzing stuff the entire day since I got up at 6 o'clock this morning. So uh, I never got out in it other than to, I ran out tonight and had to go to the store and pick up a couple things. But, uh, you know, the the weather is so nice all over the country. It's, uh, you know, well, let, let's put it this way. I think there's some places way up northeast that are supposed to be getting some snow and stuff. And uh, I know they've, they've had some rugged weather. I, I saw a picture on the uh, Weather Channel uh, website of uh, a massive pile up on the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike, which... I used to travel, not in the wintertime. I, I would never be on that. Did you hear that? In the wintertime. Oh, yeah. That, if anybody's ever driven on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, you know how ridiculously expensive it is to travel on that thing. And uh, I always tried to avoid it where I could. But uh, Well, you know, we we don't have anybody raising a hand. We don't have anybody well, now all of a sudden we have somebody that raised a hand. But uh, the whole reason we're here is to help people and answer questions. And, you know, when we run out of questions, we're going to run out of call. The reason for that is very simple. I'm not here to make noise. I'm here to help people. That's what Terry is here for. That's what John's here for. Uh, we can have some fruitful discussion on some things if there's something that somebody would like to discuss. But... The main thing is uh, we want this to be educational in some uh, form, and uh, if it's just uh, taking up time, then we're not going to do that. But we're going to go to northern Louisiana. Good evening, sir. Well, hello. How you guys doing today? Pretty good. Yourself? Come along pretty good. Thank you. Good. Hey, uh, listen, I had um, a situation that uh, just developed um I'm on Social Security, and there was this uh, debt collector um, garnished my Social Security check. It was for it's for an uh, an uh, educational loan. I was gonna say it had to be for a student loan. Yeah. And uh, but the 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 problem is is that it's not it's not my loan. They they um. But when it when it when it took the money out, I called the Social Security and found out exactly what was going on, and they gave me the number to this this debt collecting company, uh, who had who had and I called them up and they have they, whoever it was they used my Social Security number, my date of birth, but it's a different name altogether. It's not my name, 
Really? Yeah. And um, so I'm 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 sitting there and I'm I'm like bewildered. I said, okay, well look, okay. How is it that you get into my social security with somebody else's name? And that's uh, a mighty good question. Yeah. And uh, the social security, they said that they really have nothing to do with it. When someone someone submitted the uh, the garnishment. You know, and it's uh, an administrative garnishment. They don't. They don't need a court order because it's a federally insured. Because it's a federally insured loan. Right. Yeah, but wouldn't Social Security? Okay, if they receive garnishment request, uh, and they're obviously going to notice that the name doesn't match the Social Security number. Well, they don't know, uh, Terry. Well, they they they, uh, they would know, but what happened was through my investigation and inquiring, I found out the Social Security people told me that they used my name when they put it. They they what they what they did was instead of using that other name, they took it and applied my name to to the garnishment along along with my information. So they used your your information, uh, now, your number to get right. a loan to get to 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 be able to get the Social Security Administration to give them money from my account. They they they, they, they go they by use, yeah they they go by the Social Security number. They they don't pay attention to the name, obviously. No 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 they they if had they used that other name. Nine times out of ten, it wouldn't have went through. Well, what do you mean nine times out of ten? They what, what they did was they used my actual name. They didn't use the name that this this loan was uh, yeah. was uh, yeah. was gotten. But, yeah, but that's that's just it. How did they get your name? If some kind of what, way. Some kind if, of way if through. What they, well, if what they had was you know Joe Schmo, right. With your social security number, Absolutely. how did they come up with your name to go with the social? I guess they did some type of they did some type of uh, inquiry through the social security number and came up with my name. See, here's the problem we got with just using these numbers and and not having them uh, properly matched with the name. That's right. an ongoing problem. Well, here. and even worse than that, Dave, we know that in the collection industry, and the CRAs admit it, all these databases, they only match three out of five criteria. So only if, if there's a Social Security number and the last four digits match, but the rest don't, that's okay. They accept it. If there's an address, and uh, the name, the street is right, but the house number is wrong. They accept that. If there's a name, John Smith, um, maybe that Smith is S M Y T H, but the one that's there, that that's the data they're looking at is S M I T H. They'll accept that. So none of it is exact match mm-hmm. that they accept. So whatever happened to having the correct records from the creditor provided to the collector 
to be provided to the Social Security Administration? Well, good question. Whatever happened? Absolutely. You know, so what I did was, so I, I, so I asked him, I said, well, look, I said, how is it? I called up this, uh, this debt collector, and I asked him, I said, now, when I talked to you, you told me the Social Security number was right, date of birth is right, but it is a different name. I said, then why is it that you not submit that other name to the Social Security Administration as opposed to submitting my name with it? But they couldn't answer that one, could they? Of course not. They started shifting me around at that point and uh, sent me. They uh, got, sent me in touch with um, e, was it E C O C E C C O something like that. E E O C. No, no, e, no. It's the there is a an organization, a, a corporation, a nonprofit corporation that allegedly buys these debts from the higher education. From, from the from the government, and 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 they are the ones that did whatever it is that they did in order to submit this information uh, to the Social Security to get the garnishment to go through, and then they passed they uh, passed the debt collection over to this company called Pioneer. Huh. Well, now I know there is a uh, company out there that buys this stuff to work to retire debts. Maybe that's who it is. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, but they they didn't they they're not retiring it. They they have Yeah, well to. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. so that's why I wanted to call in tonight and see what is probably the best course that I can take with this. Well, what have you done so far? I just the only thing I did so far was got in touch to basically finding out exactly what is going on. I I they supposed to, they supposed to be sending me uh a promissory note, but the promissory note is not going to be in my name, it's going to be in this other person's name. So they supposed they supposed to be sending me a copy of that. And when I talked to um this parent company that that bought the debt, the debt buyer, they told me to send them um, my driver's license and to do a debt, uh, a dispute letter to them, and that they would take care of it. Uh huh. So I assume you either are going to do that or have just done it. Yeah, this this will be going in the mail tomorrow. Oh, okay. When did so when did all this happen? Just in the last today. few days. Yes. Wow. Like I I I I um like I have my check directly deposited into my bank account, and right. uh, so I discovered that uh, my my wife discovered that it has been that there was a seventy eight dollars shortage, and that's what that's what prompted me to start you know calling around trying to find out exactly what was going on. Huh. So, so you you actually have talked to the debt collector I talked, I, and I talked to, to and to the debt buyer. Yes, I did. I talked <clears> to both parties. And you the have debt, you talked debt, to Social the, Security as well? And I talked and I talked to Social Security. Now, what did Social Security suggest that you do, or did they not even do that? Do that? Well, what Social Security told me was that 
it is not something that they orchestrated. All they right. all they do it is when someone sends in a garnishment, mm-hmm. you know, they have, they are, they are bound to abide by, you know, once all the paperwork is correct. Well, I was going to say, if it's fraudulent, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. So how do you deal with them when something is done fraudulently like this? I, what I have to what I have to do is is go through the process with the uh, with the, the the debt buyer and whoever it is that's this, this group pioneer and the collector them. right right the collector do my do my disputes and what have you with that and uh, see where that is going to go if 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 I can talk to the if I can uh, send it, send the information in disputing it and they take it off that's and uh, and and uh, that's okay. But I'm going to still sue them, you know, for access to my my. Uh, well, taking uh, taking money taking, out of my account. Yeah, yeah uh, and, taking and doing, and taking doing money that they didn't have legal right to take. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I looked up when I looked up the law dealing with garnishment with the with the uh, Social Security, they are supposed to be thirty days before they do a garnishment, they're supposed to get in touch with me. Yeah, they're supposed to notice you. Right. They send me a notice, and then they, then then I have thirty days to dispute it and 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 do do whatever. Uh... You know what I'm wondering yes, is sir. if they sent the dispute to the other name. Uh, no, I gave them my address where I am now. No, I no, 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 no. They they were supposed to do the dispute before they ever garnished you. Or, I mean, they were supposed to notice. So I'm talking okay. about the notice that they would have sent out. You obviously didn't get it, or you would have had a heads up on this. It wouldn't have been a Absolutely. surprise. So it what I'm guessing, happened. I'm guessing, is did the Social Security Administration send it to the other person? And if they did, how did they send it to that other person with your name? Well, I don't know because number one, the Social Security they have my they have my name, they have my address and everything. So if they would send it out, they nine times out of ten would send it here. But, well, well, yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. So nothing, did the, did the Social Security? Well, did the Social Security Administration not do what they were obligated to do by noticing you of it? Well, it, it's, I don't think it's on the Social Security Administration to notice me. It is on the debt collector oh, okay. to notice me. Oh, okay. I thought you had said that uh, it was the Social Security Administration oh, no, that no. had that uh, no, requirement. It's not, no, it's not there. They said they, they, the okay. Social Security go in the hands of them. Well, then, then the debt collector obviously didn't send it to you. They, they did not. Send they probably what you know. I think I'd be asking them. Did you send a a notice of garnishment out thirty days prior to the garnishment? Well, yes, we did. Okay, and who exactly and at what address did you send it to? Right. Because no. I sure didn't get it. Right. And my 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 plans. I don't want to get too heavy into it until I get that uh, promissory note from them. <laughs> That ought to be interesting. Yes, I want. I want. Once I get that promissory note in my hand, then I'm taking the gloves off. Yeah. See, uh, 
who the individual was and where they were located and absolutely i told i told him i said listen send me send me the promissory note because obviously this individual has stolen my identity um uh, at least my, some of some of my my personal identifying information and and it's just basically identity theft and but i know like this this thing happened back apparently back in 1983 holy crap i was going to ask you when unbelievable in 83 83 Wow. 34 years. 34 years. So I said, it, it's past, the, the statute of limitation is passed for me to even file a complaint. <laughs> Who's making all the noise? Yeah, you're way, even if you found out, you oh, know, you get it and you could go show up at their place, there's nothing you could do after all this time. Not with not with whoever did it. No. Yeah. Who's me, who's messing with something, making a bunch of noise with papers or something? I'm sorry, that was a plastic bag, and it was me. Oh, oh. okay. Well, thirty-four years. Thirty-four years. Oh my God! I mean, that's just ridiculous. You mind me asking which debt buyer was it? Uh, yeah, hold on one second. Let me get that name. It's Pioneer. I'll tell okay. you one second. Yeah, that is Pioneer. ridiculous, even buying stuff that old, but go ahead. Yeah. Pioneer Credit Reporting Agency. Okay. Never Credit heard recovery. of them. Pioneer Credit, Credit Reporting Agency? No, recovery, not, not reporting. Oh, okay. Credit recovery. Wow. Well, they're scum buckets at the bottom of the barrel, aren't they? I'm telling you. Thirty-four oh. years, Dave. We've we've had some old ones, like twenty-five years. That years. that goes back further than any I've heard. I've yeah, I've, me I've, too. I've, I've, I've and talked with people the, that had the, stuff a little over twenty years, but right. And the name of the company that allegedly bought the, bought this uh this debt was EC, ECMC. Educational Credit Management Corporation. They're out of uh, St. Saint, Saint Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. That explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, have some, they have some very low standards in Minnesota as to what debt collections can, can get away with. Well, they can get away with anything. Yeah, particularly low standards, worse than Georgia. Mm. Well, they're gonna, Man, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to deal with Louisiana standards. <laughs> In Louisiana, beats both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Educational Credit Management Corporation is a United States nonprofit corporation based in Minnesota. Since 94, ECMC has operated in the areas of student loan bankruptcy management and loan collection. <clears throat> Subsidiaries of Zenith Education Group, Inc. Yep. I think they have like, they have like four, four subsidiaries. Now, at first I thought that Pioneer was, was, was one of their, um, their people, but Pioneer is not even uh, affiliated with them. They are just basically a, a debt collector, a uh, servicer. 
Oh. Yeah. ECMC Group is a nonprofit corporation with a mission to help students succeed. All companies in the ECMC Group family work together to fulfill this mission through product and service support and by funding its philanthropic activities through ECMC Foundation. Gee, Dave, doesn't that sound an awful lot like what's on the front page of Encore Capital Group? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Funded by ECMC Group, ECMC Foundation is a Los Angeles-based, nationally-focused foundation with a current current assets of $354 million. Uh, the mission uh, is to inspire and facilitate improvements that affect educational outcomes, especially under underserved populations. So, through evidence-based innovation, the foundation has three priority investment areas: teacher development, college readiness and retention, and career readiness. Foundation. Then you got Zenith Education Group, ECMC Innovation Lab, and the Premier Credit of North America. <coughs> Uh, Premier Credit is an account. Not, not a word C- about ancient debt collection, right? Well, it's a longtime partner of the U.S. Department of Education, Indiana State Government, and universities and guarantee agencies nationwide, established in 99, has built a culture and practices that are ethical, compliance, security focused, and results driven. Well, I think you got a problem with that. Okay. Uh, I would see the I would say you couldn't in that sentence you can't even get past ethical and compliance. Those don't go together. No. Not in the debt collection industry. <clears throat> huh. Well, I, 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 I'm 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 glad they have they're worth 354 million because I'm going to show get me some of it. That's just amazing. That's that's a new one. Uh, you know, we run into all sorts of different things, but I got to say that is a new one. Well, yeah. it sounds like I, you're I, you're kind of on top of things right now with with oh, them. Yes, you know, yeah, you I send just, them a dispute. Yeah, you send them the dispute letters, like they said, which you know you you got to do anyway. The demand for validation and uh, <clears throat> and then if they. Uh, they don't return your money and go away, then you, they're on the hook. What I what I do when I start this when I start this stuff, I I see my check in advance. There you go. I, I picture it in my mind, and it's just a it's just a matter of time between before I get it. I've had I've had had another situation where someone got on my was on my credit report, and that's exactly what I did, and they paid me. Well, good. Well, keep us informed as to oh, beyond a doubt. Beyond a doubt, I, 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 I said this was a, this was a new one. I said I've, I've sat and I've listened uh, for, for a while, and this was a new one to me. Yeah, this is this is the right one. Huh? Yeah, they think they think they get, they have they're going to be dealing with just an old senior citizen. They're going to go take the money out. They say, well, I guess I don't know where the $78 went. That ain't that ain't happening here. That wouldn't happen here either. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, like I say, keep us informed of uh, what happens. You know, you just never know. These, uh, 
you know, this this can be something where uh, they just got sold a bill of goods. I mean, if this has been around for 34 years, I'd I'd love to love to see the uh, the uh, chain of uh, ownership of that, the documentation. I'm I'm, I'm, really, I'm not even thinking they're gonna even have a uh, promissory note if it's, if it, they got one. It's probably say, for 34 years. It's probably something they made up with. I mean, computers were just coming in back in that time. So everything probably is on microfilm. Yeah. Jeez. Well, who knows? But anyway. Yeah. I just, well, I just, it'll I be thought, interesting I to see what, interesting what they do. Yeah. But I would definitely keep you informed. Oh, good deal. Good deal. Yeah, I definitely would like to uh, know what happens on this one. <clears throat> All right. Does anybody right. else have a question or a comment for us tonight? Because if we don't have people that have questions and comments, then we're uh, going to end the call. No. <laughs> uh, now, did you, Mr. Louisiana, did you mean to uh, put your hand up? You hit star eight. I'll just mute him back. It's uh, yeah, star eight puts your hand up. Star six is what mutes you. I think that's probably what he meant to do. But uh, anyway, I uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask one more time. You know, if we don't have people on the call, we've we've had uh, more people uh, on the call recently. Tonight's a, a light night. I don't know what it is. It's March, warmer weather. People are out doing whatever they're doing, but. Uh, if we don't have people with questions, uh, there isn't any reason for us to stay here when we've got other things that we can do. And I can sure go and take my walk that I didn't get in uh, today if uh, I get off the, the call soon enough tonight. Well, <clears throat> there we go. We've got a couple people that uh, jumped up with their hands, and we're going to go to Florida. You're unmuted. Go ahead. Yeah, before you go for your walk, Dave, I just got a quick one for you. Oh, okay. How's Brian tonight? Yeah, I'm doing good. good. A little bit chilly, chilly here in Florida, probably the last of the winter, but it feels good. I wouldn't say chilly Enjoy the for cool the rest of the while you got it. Yeah, <laughs> not chilly for the rest of the country, but for here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My um, my brother and his wife own a com- uh, company. His wife had a credit card, which she has a judgment against her because she doesn't follow simple direction. And they garnished her wages or her um, bank account a couple of times, but for pittance, you know, a hundred dollars here. And it's a rather large judgment. So they haven't really gotten too much, but the other day they took 1200 out of the corporate account. They can't do that. Uh, it's only him and his wife on it. And I remember Terry saying in can't Georgia, and they can't do that. huh? It's a corporate account. A corporation okay. is not a sole proprietorship. Well, and not only that, but in Georgia, they can't garnish uh, an account with both names on it unless both names are on that judgment and that debt. Yeah, but what did you call it, Terry, when you said that the husband's responsible for the wife and the wife's it's, responsible? It's, it's, it's because it's a common law state. Common law. That's what I was trying right. to tell it my is, brother what it was, and I couldn't. It is it. not okay. That is it. There's only two types. There's common law, which are most of the states, 
And then there's community property. Texas is community property, for instance. So then they can come after the husband for anything the wife does and vice versa. But in a common law state, they can only do that if both of them are obligers on the debt and both of them were sued and the judgment was against both of them. So even if it was the joint, like you were saying, Texas is, um, you still couldn't go after a corporation. No, no a, a corporation is a fictional entity. It is an entity upon itself. Unless it is a sole proprietorship. If, if no, it's no, 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 Terry. A sole proprietorship is not a corporation. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to say to Brian, make sure it is a corporation and not just a business with a sole proprietorship because that's different. Yeah, no, it's him and his wife. His wife owns 51% of the business, supposedly, according to the cor- corporate docs, but they're still both on the corporation. Okay. And L- what they did was illegal. So he can go after the debt collector or the garnishee. I'd go after anybody that had anything to do with it. Yeah, I was just going to say, every tar baby that touched it. That's what I thought. I just wasn't sure. I remember you talking about the common law and the other... uh, And the other thing, how old are these people? Uh, My brother's 54, maybe, somewhere around. Uh, Bummer. Yeah, wife's probably a little younger, but, but they're in Connecticut, so it's a, they got a Democratic governor up there who's just ruining the state. He's been doing it for a while, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you said you, you, you can't go by Georgia. I, I assume Connecticut is also a, a common law state, but I would look into any other state statutes that there are there. Yeah. Well, it, it that would be what they did there would be like somebody having a judgment against Elon Musk and them going and taking the money from Tesla. Or SpaceX, right. (laughs) Got you. You know, instead of going to Elon Musk, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, Rex Tillerson, uh, they're going to go take the money from ExxonMobil. Right. Because he was the uh, CEO, was. No, those are an entity unto themselves. If they want money out of that, it has to be owed by the corporation. Exactly. So it would be an FTCPA FTCPA with uh, actual damages of the amount. Oh, yeah. It'd also be fraud. I'd want to look into that and find out how how somebody even allowed that to happen. That's what I told him. He's Wells Fargo, and I told him a long time ago to get your crap out of Wells Fargo because they just feed the debt collectors like B of A and Chase. You know, they they stay in constant uh, touch with each other. You know, if you, if you go to a smaller bank, it's very unusual that a debt collector will go search for, you know, Connecticut Community Bank. But when you're with the big three, it seems like they're a little more apt to do the garnishment fairly quickly. Yeah, at least in my in my experience. That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably this hit two him weirdos for, we've had tonight. Now they've probably hit him for eight thousand dollars over the last couple of years, and I've been trying to explain to him forever. I mean, one of the judgments they got without serving him, he doesn't do a motion to vacate. 
I could talk till I'm blue in the face, but like I told him, you know, if you don't want to learn, you don't want to learn. That's up to you. Sooner or later, you'll get tired of them stealing from you, and you'll do something about it. <laughs> Good grief. Evidently, money must grow on trees for him if they've taken 8000 bucks and he's not concerned about it. Well, the fact is it's in his wife's name, and he just can't seem to get her to get motivated to do anything. I mean, I pulled her credit reports about three years ago, and she had all sorts of things she could have sued on, but they wouldn't take the time to learn, and I wouldn't do it for them. So. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. But like I said, sooner or later you get, you know, you burn your hand on the stove one too many times, and you're going to learn sooner or later to turn it off. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that's what the answer was. I just wanted to clarify. I told him I would get on the call tonight and and ask the question for him. So yeah, yeah. Well, oh, thanks for trying to help them, even if they don't listen. Oh, uh, like I said, it's been going on for like three years. And after I started getting all these checks, I figured for sure he would jump on board. But just doesn't hasn't you know hasn't gotten enough uh, hasn't hasn't felt enough pain yet. Apparently, <laughs> evidently, jeez. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing, too, because the original creditor got the judgment, and then it was sold to somebody else, and there's no proof of anything. You know, it's it's so convoluted, it's unbelievable, the situation he's in. And it was easy to beat at the time. And uh, now, the longer you wait, the harder. Well, if you wait and you let him keep taking money and stuff, it's going to become impossible to do anything about it. Well, the corporate account was that he puts aside the money into a, it's a corporate savings account where he puts aside his, his income tax quarterly. I said, put it in your pillowcase, do whatever you got to do, but don't leave it in the bank. <laughs> and, you know, you're saving your money to pay Uncle Sam and this guy's robbing you blind just like Uncle Sam does. But nevertheless, you know, Uncle Sam has a little more pull. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I'd, so, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be doing some whoop ass. On that deal. Yeah, I'll see if this one gets him motivated. Like I said, for me, it would only took the first hundred. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you take 50 bucks from me, and I'm going to be on you like you took 50 grand. Yeah, it's not the I amount, had, it's the principle. I had one take $83, and they paid me a couple thousand. Yeah. And like you said, it could be $10. It doesn't make a difference to me. If you're taking yeah. what's not yours, <laughs> it's the principle. Right. Right, it's the principle of the whole thing. <clears throat> That's just like these calls I started getting now, you know, on my cell phone. All of a sudden, you know, I uh, I didn't answer the first couple because it, it wasn't convenient because I don't sit with my cell phone here. The cell phone's sitting over on the table, and uh, I, uh, I'm busy working here in front of the computer. Generally, you got my nose in research uh, with the markets, and... Uh, now that I'm in a lull on litigation, but these guys are going to end the lull on litigation. I can see that because uh, this is three times I've answered now, and uh, I get the automated message every time, and that's exactly what I want. Yeah, I've been getting a couple, too, from a, a girl that worked for me, I don't know, for maybe 10 years ago. And I got a couple here and there, but they were mainly one a year, you know, what they have the ability to do. But now they've called me three times here so far in the last month, month and a half. So I'll let them keep going, keep hanging. Like you say, keep doling out the rope. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, uh, we'll, we'll find out uh, how bad they want to 
settled when the time comes or whether they want to see me in court. Oh, and that reminds me, my friend sent out discovery to IC Systems for the 44 calls, and I believe it's due tomorrow. Oh, good. So good. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I sent, sent him a couple doozies. I think they'll be scratching their head for a while, how to figure out how to answer that without just saying objective, object, object. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I got from him when I was in litigation with him. Yeah, I figured that was coming on the first round. Yeah, I yeah. finally got paid, but it, it took a while. Yeah, they're definitely not layover or rollovers. No, uh, no. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, hey, it's all, all right. part of the deal. All Are right, all okay. good night. Yeah, if you find out any more on that deal, uh, let me know, would you? I certainly uh, will. You know, I'd, I'd be curious to do a little follow-up on that one. All yeah, righty. Thanks, everybody. You bet. Thank you, Brian. All right, we're going to go to Western Iowa. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Dave. Hi, or, hi Terry. Nice to talk to you. Um, I'll try to keep this very brief. I'm kind of new at all this. I joined your uh, site probably about <clears throat> five or six weeks ago. And... Uh, since then, I've been getting some uh, uh, phone calls from, uh, they call themselves City Client First Services. I, I ha- Are you familiar with them at all? It, they, it, it's City what? City Client First Services. Hmm. City Client First Services. No, I've, I haven't yeah, heard of them. Well, they've been, they've been calling about a, a city card. And uh, they've called uh, my cell phone about 20-plus times, uh, and it comes, uh, the number comes out of Kansas City, Missouri. So uh, I was just a little bit curious uh, who they are. They say they're city uh, clients for services, a, uh, uh, a subsidiary, I guess you would say, of City Group or Citibank? Yeah, and they do have operations in the uh, uh, St. Louis area. Right. Uh, so I, uh, I I did uh, uh, did a little just sniffing around online, and uh, I googled the number, of course, and there are different reports of of this uh, particular call center not being a, a Citibank call center. Uh, that it was uh, not affiliated in any way with Citibank. Okay. And so th- I, this is telemarketing then, basically? Well, yeah, I, I, I guess it would be. I answered the phone uh, a couple of times, and it's the same, you know, hello, hello, uh, wait a couple of seconds, and then um, sometimes... And then somebody comes on. on me. Yeah. Well, a couple of times it just hung up, and then somebody came on, yeah. And oh, okay. It so it's so. it's they, they abandon some of the calls, which that's what's happening when they uh, you answer and then they uh, hang up on you. That's called right, uh, that's abandoning right. a call when they don't have anybody uh, available to take it. Oh, I see. Because that's they okay. they don't have their dialers programmed right. But that's yeah, that they're absolutely using an auto dialer. Right. Well, I. I finally decided I, I couldn't. I was trying to find their address online, 
because I thought, well, if I could find where this uh, specific call center was, I could, you know, I could do a street search and, you know, a street level view and maybe I could find out. It's not really, yeah, it's not really important for you to know where the call center is. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of who is calling. Well, that's what I was getting at because I, the last time they called, uh, I, I uh, answered it because I wanted to see if I could, you know, fish any information out of them. And uh, I, they, of course, they want. Uh, it, what's really suspicious is, you know, as soon as you answer the the phone, um, that you get an automated uh, message saying, "Please type in your credit card number." And oh, good grief! Yeah, I'm thinking, who in the right mind is going to do that? So yeah, well, what? I don't. Which type. one of my 39 credit cards do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're collecting them and uh, you know keeping them for future reference. But anyway, yeah. I I waited and they asked again. Anyway, it went on for I don't know about a minute and finally they put a live person on on and they asked, of course, who I was speaking, who they were speaking with, and I I, I said, well, I said I'd like to know. Uh, first of all, who I'm speaking with, uh, I've gotten, you know, several. Yeah, you're the one that called calls. me. <laughs> right. You should right. know who, who, uh, who, who is on this line here if you're calling me. Right. So anyway, uh, I bantered back and forth uh, with this person. And the bottom line is they absolutely will not let you know where they are calling from. No. And so I, I pressed them on that. You know, I said, I said, you can certainly understand that if, when I call and the first thing you want is for me to type in uh, a credit card number, you can see how that might make most people extremely cautious and wary and suspicious. And I said, I'm, I said, I'm sorry if I sound combative. I said, but I'm just trying to find who exactly you guys are. And then, uh, you know, then the caller said, well, you know, if you don't want to talk to us, that's fine, but just go ahead and call the number on the back of your credit card. And so I said, well, why don't you just say that in the first place? When you call, uh, why don't you just leave an automated message saying, uh, so-and-so credit card company would like to speak with you. Please call the number on the back of your credit card. Why do we go through all of this? And of course, they don't have any good answers for that. So, I, I'm just wondering, really, if they are actually a affiliate of Citigroup. Because if they're not, well, then I'd like to, you know, I'd like to sue. Yeah. Well, uh, but first I, of I, all, let me let me ask you a question. Do you have a Citibank credit card? Yes. You do. Okay. Yes. All right. So. Um, did you ever give them your cell phone number? Yes. Okay. Well, then you're going to have a problem there because you you gave them the cell phone number, so they've got consent to call. Well, I understand that, but that's why I was wondering. Maybe they're not a Citigroup affiliate. Well, I mean, why why I this run around? You know, I guess I don't know. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. The first thing I would do is I would notice them uh, that uh, 
um, I'm withdrawing uh, consent to call that number. Well, I did. Uh, they they uh, they route you. You know, when you call. Well, now wait wait a second. Wait a second. Now you say that you did notice them about. Well, yeah, I did, but this is how, how and when. How and when? It was uh, last uh, Thursday, and I just said on the phone, look, I said, I, I don't know who you are, but, uh, and you, you keep saying that you are city group, but I, I just can't, uh, you know, you're not verifying anything for me, so I'm going to have to ask you to please stop calling me. And they're still calling. But when you first, when they first call you, they give you this Kansas City number to call them at. So when you call that Kansas City number, they reroute you to a different number. Well, that's that. Here again, that's immaterial. That's, that's immaterial to anything litigation-wise or anything. Um, it's a matter of if you gave them your phone number in connection with the credit card, mm-hmm. then any any court is going to side with them if you bring an action against them because they're calling you. Right. What you have to do is you have to notice them. And when I say notice them, I mean give them notice that uh, you are withdrawing your consent to be called at that number. And I would do that in writing. I would not do that via phone. There's there's right. a reason for that. Words evaporate. Right. Okay. The uh, a letter sent to them saying, you know, you uh, I just send it to the company and say you or uh, and or your affiliates have been uh, are uh, hereby noticed that I am revoking my consent to call. My phone number, so-and-so, so-and-so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. effective upon your receipt of this notice. And that's exactly the way I word it. I am revoking okay. my uh, consent given to you to call my phone number, so-and-so. Notice I didn't say my cell phone number. My phone number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Effective uh, upon your receipt of this letter. Please act accordingly. Okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. <clears throat> and send a certified uh, mail, obviously. Right. Uh, but I, I guess getting back to my original point, what if they're not an affiliate of Citigroup? Is there some way? I guess I'm I'm looking for some kind of a lead. If there's some direction, maybe you can point me to to. to uh, you just you'd have to just search. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to just keep working to search. Um, you might, you know, if you don't have anything, you haven't been given a name, have you? I've gotten the name of uh, two of the uh, 
uh, I talked to one person. His name is Chris. No, 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 and no. I, got I mean, I mean, I'm not not the individuals because you can't do oh, anything for that. I'm talking about, you know, I'm calling you from XYZ company. No, and and that's what that's what I was trying to get them to tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I in the last person I talked with, I just said, um, "Can you just uh, give me a street address, please?" And they're never going to do that. Yeah, well, they were, yeah, she was being big. Oh, we're not going to do that. I said, well, why not? You got my street address. You got my information. Why don't you give me yours? Well, it's a matter of privacy. Well, <laughs> you said, don't well, think mine, you think yours is private, but mine isn't? <laughs> yeah, you know, Boing. I mean, I could have gone down that road, but I, well, I, did, course, I kept yeah. pressing her, you know. Yeah. And all I could get her to give me was, of course, was the corporate office. So, you know, the more I've talked to these people, the more suspicious oh, well, I am. Oh, well, no, wait a second. Wait a second. She gave you the corporate office? Yeah, I believe it's in Richmond, uh, Virginia. And who did she say? The corporate office for who? Citigroup or? or yeah. Who? Okay. Citigroup. Okay. Well, then. And it was a post office box. Well, you as long as you have a name. And you can send them a notice. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do, and then I would see what happens from there. Because once you put them on notice, if they continue, they have a problem. At least they right. sure have one with right. me. All right. If if I when I go ahead and I send this uh, certified uh, letter to not call me, if they persist, does that? Uh, grandfather in the the if, previous if, phone call if what now if i when i send them this notice that you uh uh suggested i do right uh this do, do not call notice mm-hmm. and they continue to call me does they, that okay uh, grant well, let let's say they get that notice on the 10th okay if they call after the 10th they're on the hook. Are they on the hook for the previous calls too? No, no, because okay. you they they had your consent. Right. See, it, anything that they do after you revoke the consent is when it comes in. Now you've already told them verbally. Right. Do you have specific records that you made of when you told them that exactly when, what phone call, what time, what date? I wrote I wrote it down. Yes. Okay. Then if you notice them at that point in time, then that should be sufficient because the FCC says you can withdraw consent in any reasonable manner at any time. Right. And a reasonable manner does not require a uh, certified mail letter. It can be a, a text. It can be an email. It can be a verbal, but you need to be able to support, you know, support it and say, you know, I told you on, uh, you know, February 27th at 10:45 a.m. when you called me. Mm-hmm. I, I told I told your representative at that time to stop calling me. Mm-hmm. And. I've had 13 calls since then. So every one of those is in violation. 
But you need to have really good records. And and that's why I keep telling everybody there's no such thing as too much evidence. And it's really important that you write this stuff down, make these notes at the time that you do this, and be specific. You know, if you have this conversation with somebody at 10.42 a.m. on the 14th of February, then write down, I was on the phone and I told them at 10.42 a.m., on February 14th to stop calling me. They were given notice at that time, and yet they have continued to call. They called me an additional 71 times, and that's why I sued them, Your Honor. Right. Well, I'll go ahead and send uh, this uh, certified mail uh, to the uh, address that she gave me. Right, uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I, I, but I want to just keep fishing around and see what else I can. Find oh, sure. It, it, yeah, it doesn't hurt to gather information. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good idea, but uh, uh, by all means, send that uh, uh, notice. And uh, I think you've already got claims because if you uh, documented that uh, they had to quit, then uh, you're you're in good shape. Okay. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm kind of new at this, but I'm sort of itching to get, you know, to dip my toe in the water. So I, I'll go ahead and start with this and uh, see what happens. All right. All right. Well, thank you again for your time. You bet. Thank you. All right. Good night. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let us know what happens, what you find out on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I definitely will. Okay. That's good. All right, um, we've got a couple questions on the board. And Terry, uh, questions for the board. Would uh, any here consider an inquiry of a consumer's credit report constitute a communication? For under FDCPA? Well, they don't specify that. They, they said, uh, thanks, I've heard that a collector pulling one's credit is considered a collection action. No, it's no, not it pulling your credit. It's it is putting a trade line in. Right, that's not a communication with the consumer either. It's a communication with the CRA. Right. Okay. So no, there's no there's. I mean, it's an interesting theory, and you know, if we run out of uh, better theories, maybe we'll pursue that at some point. But as far as I know, uh, it hasn't been, and there's no case law on it. Yeah. To my knowledge, anyway. Yeah, the person here says, I'm confused. Isn't a demand for payment a communication? Well, of course it is. But an inquiry into your credit report is not a demand for payment. Right, exactly. So there's specifics. Yep. And they said, thank you. Okay. All right, and I'm going to go because we've got somebody else with a hand up on the board here. We're going to go to Pro Se Winners. There we go. I had to mute you and unmute you. Good evening. Hi, Dave. It's Matt in Michigan. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Matt. How are you? Good. I have a uh, situation here that uh, I've been getting calls. I'm on the do not call list, and I've been getting calls like an average of one every other day. And there's almost no way to trace the numbers. And obviously what I'd like to do is sue these people 
but uh, <laughs> I have to go ahead and find them before I can sue them. Yep, you have the problem that many other people have. <laughs> if you, I take it you haven't had any experience or successful experience uh, suing these clowns. Well, you got to find out who they are first. Right. right. Once you find out who, who it is that's doing the calling, suing them, oh, yeah, we do that all the time. I've got 106 federal lawsuits against Midland. Yeah, this isn't for, uh, for like, I'll say, a, like a credit call, though. This is somebody like, Reduce your student loans. You can qualify for a line of credit. Oh, uh, it's so telemarketing. It's telemarketing is what it is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. So then maybe what I need to do is just stay on the phone with them, get their addresses, and then once I get their addresses, then go ahead and sue them. Well, yeah, you got to identify uh, uh, who it is that's that's doing it, and you know you got to document your stuff now. You know, under the uh, TCPA telemarketing, they're allowed to call you once in a uh, in a 12-month period. That doesn't mean calendar year. It's a 12-month period. It can be from May to May or October to October or whatever. Um, they can call you one time in a 12-month period. If they call more than that, then it's a violation. But it also goes back and picks up the first one. The first one's a freebie, but if they do it multiple times, then, like, say, if they called you seven times and you went after them, you can sue them for all seven. Well, what if you're on the do not call list? They're not supposed to call you at all, then, right? Well, that's that's what that falls under. Okay, so they can they can still call you once. Exactly. Uh, okay, I only had one of them call me twice so far. The numbers that come up, they're all different. Yeah, there's there's a lot of spoofing going on, and that's one of the things that uh, the new chairman of the uh, FCC uh, is wanting to uh, uh, get in place. And I uh, just had an email uh, sent out. With, uh, they are, are going to open things up for comments on uh, uh, rulemaking to uh, authorize the uh, phone companies to uh, prohibit, uh, to be able to block the uh, spoofing of phone numbers. So in other words, when somebody calls, we're going to be able to trace it and find out who it is. Well, yeah. They, if, if, they're, if they spoof their email, it's going to be against the law. Yeah, because that's, that's exactly what we need, because this is something that uh, all of a sudden, this just happened in the last, I'm going to say, month or two. I'm mm-hmm. getting bombarded with these things. And yeah. like I thought that once I put my number on the do not call registry, which I did last spring, September or October, I thought, okay, that'll be the end of it. And it's not. It's like it's just it's just the beginning of it. You know, all it takes is somehow, some way for your number to get on a mailing list that's sold. Just kinda like your email address. Yep. yep. You know, um your email address, um my email address got sent around and I'll tell you what, though. The latter part of last year, coming up to Christmas, I was absolutely pummeled with stuff, and a lot of it was coming from Amazon. And I took the time to go through and and do all the stuff, found out the IP address, and I made all sorts of complaints to Amazon and and to other companies. I mean, I had stuff coming from the University of Arizona, wow. and it's they had students that. You know, there was a student there that was 
uh, spamming people with stuff. And uh, I did a lot of work, but it, 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 cut, it finally just pretty much stopped. But uh, it's the same thing with the phone numbers. Boy, they, you get the phone number out there, and, man, you can get hammered with this stuff. You know, my, my friend Leon up in uh, uh, Wichita, he and his wife get hundreds of phone calls. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of phone calls of telemarketing stuff and have for long, long time. And they've got friends uh, that live up there that, uh, uh, you know, have the same experience. There's people up there that have actually gotten rid of their landlines because they had uh, so much, uh, uh, you know, bogus calls coming in. So to to really get back to your question, no, it is it is really hard to uh, find these. You know, something that um, I still want to uh, go back and uh, uh, you know, we we had somebody that supposedly was going to do something and didn't, and uh, this reminds me that now that uh, I'm in a little bit of a litigation lull, although I've been up to my eyeballs and. Uh, trading research, um, I need to uh, see about if there's a way we can do something with that computer database. Terry, you know that we were talking about that uh, Tally was going to do something with, and of course she never did anything with anything. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, to yeah. see if we could find some of these uh, numbers. Yeah, that would so be Somebody if, has to have the, per, the uh, subscription. Yeah. Yeah. But it, what what it is uh, is uh, a, something that we were looking at subscribing to, and it, this has to be done in a special way to have access to databases that can identify almost any phone number out there. Yeah, that would work because that way you'd be able to have a uh, a record of you know whose number it is, and you can go right after them then. Exactly. But the thing about this is, you got to pay for this. You got to you got to pay for these searches, and it isn't something. It's not the type of stuff that you can just go on the internet and uh, and do because they'll you know they'll want to charge you like six or eight bucks. <coughs> Excuse me, and then come back you know and tell you, well, well, we couldn't find it, but you still paid the six or eight dollars. You still pay, and they know full well they can't find it when they charge you. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the idea. Okay, yeah. let's. Uh, yeah, something has to be done with this because I think we could stand to make. I think anybody who's getting bombarded with these, I know I'm not the only one. No, no, not by any money. stretch of the imagination. You're not. Stand to make quite a bit of money doing it because I'm trying to think what the penalty is, and I know it's it's not really really steep, but it's steep enough. And if I got like say 15 different numbers calling me, I could just make one lawsuit with 15 different defendants. And then each one would have to settle. No, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. No, you wouldn't want to put all sorts of defendants together in the same lawsuit. No. But it's a four hundred fifty dollar for us, you know, federal. I think I don't know if you do this in federal court or state. I think it'd be federal. Well, if if you're worried about the money end of things, uh, go file in your your uh, state court and let them move it to federal. Well, that's an idea too. Well, that's what Midland did with me over a hundred times. <laughs> wow! So you, you spent over, they spent over forty five thousand dollars in federal filing fees on me. Oh my God, that's insane! 
It, it isn't it, though. But there was a rationale behind what they were doing. They had to stop me. They had no choice. I wonder what it cost them in, in all of the the long debacle with me. Not not counting what they had to pay me, but I'm talking legal fees. A lot. Yeah, Six figures. Lot. Six figures. Do it. That's what they need. But they they're so big they don't care. Well, that's one of the things that you know. Compliance with the law is cost prohibitive. The cost of litigation is merely a cost of doing business. Right. Right. That's a direct quote from their CEO, yeah. ex-CEO, actually. Oh, yeah. Brandon Black. Collected though. I mean, you you two did good on it. You collected, okay? Yeah. Right. Well, I I haven't collected on mine. I'll I'll get mine probably next year. Okay. You got the judgments, don't you? So you, they're going to they're going to have to pay you. Well, no, I don't have a judgment against them. Mine's all tied up in the MDL. I got 106 lawsuits tied up in the MDL in California. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I uh, they we we settled some of them. They've paid me a nice chunk of money, but um, uh, no, the 106 lawsuits. That's all active. That's that's out there to be uh, dealt with yet. So it'll happen. They're gonna have to pay you. They're gonna have to pay you off. Ongoing stupidity. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's really too bad. They just don't get it. Honestly, just don't get it. That's how uh, that's how stupid things have gotten. And uh, the oh, way that big companies behave, they think that first of all, they all think they're above the law, and well, of second course. of all, they don't think they're liable when they do go ahead and break the law. That's right. They just, they just, they, they basically thumb their nose at everybody, and it takes people like us to go ahead and uh, slam their uh, slam their nose against the wall and have it bleed for a while. But not enough, not enough of us do it, so they just keep uh, they get away with more and more and more. The way Brian said it, how many times you got to burn your fingers on that stove before you turn that burner off? Right. right. It should just be once, but the, uh, they don't get that either. They're an it. It's a corporation. It's kind of like the guys that gave us the Corvair and the Pinto. Huh. And the Javelin, don't forget that one. The Javelin? I don't think there's anything the matter with that. No, it just kept getting um, squished up like a... Milk carton. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I might have a rust problem, but oh well. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. If you guys are able to get that, uh, get that uh, subscription. Yeah. Or if we, get that. yeah, if we do that, we'll announce it. And we'll let people know. We'll let them know on the calls. Yeah, because I'd like to go ahead and get some uh, track some of these numbers down, and then mm-hmm. whack these guys with some uh, with some with a lawsuit. And see exactly what they what they do. What's what's you know what the penalty is off the top of your head for that? Not John Grimman. Well, it's uh, it falls under the TCPA over on the telemarketing side, which is C five, and it's up to five hundred dollars per call. It's not straight five hundred dollars per call like using an auto dialer. It, it, you you can hit them for both the auto dialer and for the telemarketing calls, okay? So you can hit them on both sides, but on the telemarketing side under C5, instead of being a, a straight-out $500 per call, it is up to $500 per call, and it can be trebled to $1,500 if the court determines that the uh, behavior was uh, knowing or willful. It doesn't have to be knowing and willful, knowing or willful, 
and uh, the uh, that's strictly up to the the judge. There's nothing the, the jury doesn't get to decide that. Nothing that's strictly up to the uh, uh, judge in the case. See, I could I could file against them in small claims court, and that would cost like I'm going to say fifty bucks plus or minus. And then if they want to remove it, they would have to remove it to federal court, and it would cost them almost as much as it would cost to pay me off to do it. Well, no. It depends on how many calls. <clears throat> you know, if you got eight calls, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit them up for $500 a call. No, you know, right. it's, up to, it's up to 500 but... Uh, that's up to the court, but I'm I'm going to sue them for the five hundred. Absolutely. Well, how do they determine if it's up to five hundred? What's the that statute? That statute. If you look at if you look up forty seven USC section two two seven, and then go down to section C five. That's where it, it explains the private right of action. So we got 47 USC 227. Mm-hmm. Section 227. And then go in there and then go down to C5. Five, five right. parens. Right. And read that, the private right of action. Right. It reads exactly the same as the private right of action for the uh, auto dialer use, but the words up to $500. Up to are inserted in there in the telemarketing side. In in the other side, it's $500. Yeah, I could see the judge could say, well, up to maybe he could give you $100 or $200. Uh, he could get, that's right. That's oh, right. But generally, you know, you should get more than that if somebody's harassing you. Right, if it's continual. Well, what I do as soon as I get one is I go to the FTC website and file a complaint. And it keeps track of the numbers that I that I've, I uh, complain against. So far, I only have had one number be identical. Otherwise, they've all been different numbers. And so, uh-huh. the same message, but it's all a different number. Yeah. You're keeping good handwritten records of this, I take it. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Date and time when everything comes in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what the call was about and that type of thing. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm gonna ask you. Hopefully they'll uh, hopefully they'll go away, ha ha ha. But uh, in the meantime, it's like I've got to go ahead and do what I have to do to keep records of it. But yeah, I definitely would like to sue them. I mean, I would. Uh, I'd like nothing more than to be able to get five hundred dollars every time they call me. If oh yeah. Times a week, that's fifteen hundred bucks a week. I could live off this. Oh yeah. Yep. Not that bad. Well, like I say, if we uh, get things together where we've got that uh, available to do, we'll uh, we'll announce on the calls, let people know. All right, that sounds good. All righty. Take it easy, bud. You too, thanks. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, let's go to guest two. I had to mute and unmute you to get you out of the queue. Go ahead. Guest two, did you have a question for us? We're not hearing you. Maybe your handset is muted. Hello? Hello? Yes, uh, good night. I've been listening to your call for over an hour now, and I heard that guy was talking about uh, the numbers that have been calling. But um, 
I have an issue with a finance company that I got a call to that um, I have been trying to reach them because uh, they said I made a few bad payments and so I'm not able to see anything on the account. And I've been trying to reach them for the longest um, time since December and I'm not getting anyone from the U.S. Um, it's either someone in India, Mexico, well, a lot of these companies have got call centers outside the U.S., unfortunately. Okay. Uh, because I'm, I'm trying to see, because I can't see nothing on the account, and I'm trying to figure out, but they, yeah, they're calling me to pay the bill, and I'm trying to say, well, okay, you haven't sent me any invoice or any bill as yet. And it seems like they keep ignoring that. So Well, that's typical. Know. Yeah. Is Is this for for something that you're familiar with? I mean, you know, is it you had some kind of a transaction or something? They're saying, well, you know, you owe $50 or whatever? It's actually a car loan. That's what it is. It's a car loan, okay. Yes. And um, I'm trying to get the bill because I tell them, you know, I haven't gotten a bill, so I'm not paying until I got the bill in hand. Or so I don't know if it's a bad idea to hold back the payment. Well, until who, I who is um, who was it financed through? Who is who is the uh, finance I, company? It, I don't want to really say the finance company exactly, but it's one of the major um, finance companies. It's a bank. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt anything to mention their name here. I mean, it's it just you know. Okay, it's GMAC. Okay, GMAC, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they, you've got a loan through them. How is this something fairly new, or is it from yes. a, a while it's, back? Uh, or it's what? about two years now. It, it's been two years, so I'm continually making payments on it, but uh, I haven't, I haven't made any payment for the past uh, two months because I requested some documents from them and. I haven't gotten it, and I can't see the account. I can't see where our balance is, and I haven't received a bill. And I asked, I've been asking since December of 2016 for them to send me the bill. And also, since I cannot see nothing on the account and I cannot verify anything, then they well, should send now, me now, a general ledger. Now, well, no, no, wait a second. Do you, how were you paying it before that? Were you, were you getting a monthly statement mailed, or used did you have online. a coupon book, or what? I used to pay it online, but I cannot do it on, online anymore because they said that I, the bank, I think I made a double payment from two different accounts, and the bank, um, I called the bank to hold one of the payments, but unfortunately they did cancel both of them, so I guess they said, I have to make the payment to certified fund, which I did it on um, two occasions. And um, I've been asking them when will I be able to, you know, pay online again for the convenience. And I haven't gotten back, they haven't gotten back to me on anything as yet. Okay. So, so what actually wondering. is your, what actually is your question then? Yes, I'm wondering if it's a, if you think it's a good idea to hold out the payment until they provide any form of billing information or account balance or something. Well, well, I mean, you said you requested some information from them after yeah. you know about two years. 
What information did you request? Because I couldn't see the account. I couldn't see the I can't see the account up to now. This up to now, today. Well So well, I don't just, know where the standing of the account is, like the balance or nothing. Okay. So and and you've called them? I called and um I keep getting someone in different countries. In different countries and um it's the funny thing is about the funny thing about when I ask I've been asking who is the account manager for um uh, for the account so I can speak to that person, they transfer it to somebody in India. And someone in India said they are the account manager. So I get you know, I, I, then I called the other day, which is the twenty eighth, somebody else in um I think it's um I have the country right down says they are the account manager. So I'm a little bit, so I get a little bit curious. So I'm saying I'm not going to pay anything until I know what's going on because I don't know why they keep switching things from here and there. Well, they they don't have uh, they don't have a dedicated person for each account. I can tell you that they they just that's not the way they operate. Okay. They they have they have call centers. When you call and you want information, you're going to get a representative with these companies. And you can tell them, okay, well, I'm calling reference account number one, two, three, four, five, six. Say, let's say, right. um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Joe Smith. Uh, I live at you know 124 Main Street in Pittsburgh. Um, so you know it's me. I, I need some account information. Can you tell me exactly what the balance is on the account now? And if it's current or this or that, whatever, that's generally usually the kind of information that you can ask for, uh, ask of any person that answers the phone, because okay. they're not going to have you know they they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of accounts, and right. they can't they haven't got individuals assigned to an account, so there isn't going to be one specific person you you get to talk to you know like it's not like your local business where you know there's three employees and you know you always get to talk to Sam every time you call well uh, I'm not looking for uh, someone that handles each um, account because I I, mean, I know that you know within the banking system they have um, uh, an account manager that maybe handles like 150 accounts or you know so I was trying to reach that person to let him know exactly that you know what is going on with with, uh, with that particular account. And, well, you're you're assuming see. you're you're assuming that I think rather than knowing it to be factual. But the the main thing is when you talk to somebody there, they won't give you the information that you want. No. Because I'm what do they, what do they say? When I when I ask for an account manager. They give me someone that who's from the call center that says they're the account manager. So I keep asking, can I speak to someone from the U.S. who um, who, I, who can better understand what I'm asking for, but I never get any transfer or anything more, whether day or night. I understand, you know, after hours calling centers. And okay, all that, so... So what you're 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 asking for a U.S. representative, right? US, a U.S. based representative, right? Right. Yes. Okay. And, and they're not they're not assisting you in that. No. Um, 
what I think I would do would be to write a letter to them, and I would send it. This may sound a little strange to everybody, but on something like that, I would send it to the executive offices. Okay. And I would send it certified mail to the executive offices at that company and spell out that you have called numerous times You that when you call, you obviously reach a representative in a foreign country. You have uh, repeatedly asked to speak to a U.S.-based representative because these other individuals can't seem to understand your requests, and you wonder if they can assist you. That's what I would do. Because they are required when they have call centers outside the U.S. Because I went through this with AT&T. When they have have call centers outside of the United States, when you ask to be connected to somebody in the United States, I believe it is the law that they have to do so. Okay. Yes, I, I did ask, and they transferred me. And when I transferred me, I thought I was like speaking to someone in the U.S. And then um, when I asked the guy, um, where are you located? He said, Mexico. And I'm like, hold on, Mexico. No, I want, like, to speak no. To, I want to speak to a representative in the United States. Please transfer me. I went through all that stuff with AT&T. I, I'd get the Philippines all the time. <laughs> oh, wow, that's, well, that, that's one of the places there. They transferred me to. It's ironic that the cars routed directly to Philippines, and then they transfer you to different um, India, Mexico, and all those places. And I'm trying to figure out because it's important because I want to know what's on the account and all that. Yeah. I asked for a print out, and it hasn't come. I asked, for, but one funny thing, I asked for a copy of the contract, a copy of the title uh, back and front to see. You know, because I want to know if there's another person or there's another lien on it. And this is what do you mean if there's another lien on it? Like I don't know if they sell if it's sold to someone else because I'm curious as to see as to know why. Oh, you mean if they if they sold the debt off to somebody else? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I get a copy of the contract, a photocopy, but. I haven't gotten a copy of the title, so they that lost somewhere along the way. But you know, I wrote to the president of the bank, but I haven't got like a response as yet. But in the meantime, I'm wondering if I should just make the payment or wait on them because I told them I was well, going to pay until well, I received some if, form of a document inside my hand to say, well, okay, then this is the bill and you, this is due and this is whatever. Yeah, because I don't well, have nothing. Well, here's here's my question. Yes. You you paid on this thing for almost two years. Why did things change all of a sudden? Why why do you have all these questions all of a sudden? Well, uh, actually, they said that um, I had returned payments like maybe four couple times in the year, so they only accept in certified funds. So I said, okay, then fine. If you only accept in certified funds, then. They um I don't want, because I didn't I didn't have the account number and all that because everything came through online so it was just processing online. So I made it. Yeah, it, I I didn't understand that last thing you said there. 
I said, the account number is something that I didn't have at hand. So they gave me the account number. Okay. Yes. So I made a payment um, like a week ago, and I said I'm not making the next payment until they send me an invite or whatever or, you know, the statement. Well, how were how was it that you were making the payments before you, you online? You, it was, it was just made, you. You would just go in. A, you would go online and you would yes, access the payment. Their, their their website and schedule a payment or whatever and do it that way. Okay. Yes. And now so they're saying go, that. Well, hang on a second. Yes. Now they're saying that because of this mix up that you had with the payments, uh, that you can't do it online and that they want certified funds, right? Right. Okay. So you're telling them, all right, you want that certified funds. Well, then I need you to provide me with the account number so that I can put that with the payment to make sure it's credited properly. Is that what yes. you're doing? Uh, yes, I did that. And I'm also requesting from them, which is, uh, a, which is required, they're supposed to send me a bill. Since I cannot access it online, then they need to, they're supposed to send me the bill by a physical address, which I'm not getting. Right. And I don't know, it, it, I don't know what's going on, where my balance is, and how much do I owe on that account, because I can't see it, and that's what I'm asking for, and I'm not getting. Yeah, well, the, the problem that you run into on, on, a, on a car loan is if you don't make the payments, they could yeah. come and repossess it, and all of a sudden you could find your car gone. Right. And okay. the, I, I don't think you want to go there. But I think what you, if I were in your position based on what you've told me, yeah. I, would, I would go ahead and make the payments so that they, they've got that and they're not going to repossess my car, and all of a sudden I find I, have, I, I need a bus. Um, okay. I'm... I'm going to keep pursuing the information that I need, but I'm going to make the payments because I know there's payments due. Uh, we may have to reconcile the specific amount if you know if they there's been some you know charges added for something that shouldn't have been or whatever. But I'm I'm still going to be making my payments. Otherwise, you may have an unpleasant experience with your car disappearing. Okay. Yeah, and and in some companies do that pretty quickly. Some right. of them are are not very slow at doing that at all. Some of them will give you a lot of leeway before they they come and repo. Uh, yeah. I've seen I've seen where people missed one payment and, and two weeks later their car was gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think I would keep up on that, but I I would keep after them on the other stuff until I was satisfied with the information they provided. Okay. All That's right. That's my best uh, suggestion to you. Yeah. Is, yeah, because I've been asking them for months and I'm not getting nothing from them. And I don't Dave, know. I'll tell you, G Mac is quick about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I would send something right to the executive offices. Yeah, I did send a letter to the corporate office. No, 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 no. There's a difference between sending something to the corporate office okay. and the executive offices. The executive offices 
are the offices of the president and the CEO of the company, stuff like that. That's okay. a whole different deal in itself. That that puts your mail in front of the big wigs. Okay, okay. And explain right. to them what your problem is, and you are asking for their assistance to resolve the matter. And they don't like to get letters like that, and generally what they're going to do is they're going to uh, find out who down below has been screwing around. Okay. All right. So that's my best suggestion. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, you're very welcome. All right, thanks. All righty. I don't see another hand up. I'm going to ask if anybody else has a question. If so, hit star eight. That'll put you in the queue. If not, we're near the end of the call and time-wise, and we'll just go ahead and wrap things up. And it doesn't look like anybody is raising their hand, so uh, I think we'll just go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, it's been a, a Interesting evening tonight. It, it started it's kind out a little of a slow night, there. But, a yeah. night for off-the-wall stuff. Yeah, a couple of uh, interesting things there with uh, Brian's situation and the other deal. But uh, anyway, as a reminder to everyone, no call tomorrow night. It is the off week for the Blog Talk radio call. So uh, next week there will be a Tuesday call. But next Monday night, we will be on daylight savings time, so don't forget to move your clocks Saturday night and lose your hour of sleep. I always enjoy losing that hour of sleep. Uh, I I like to see daylight savings time come myself. But uh, thank um, you, Terry. Thank you, John. I appreciate you guys being here. Before we sign off, um, the first week of April, that Wednesday is going to fall on the 5th, and I do not know if I'm going to have internet by then or not. So be prepared for me not to have a call on that Wednesday of the 5th. Yeah, we'll, we'll update that as, as we, uh, we get farther down the line here. You know. Yeah, we'll, I just we'll make announcements want everybody to be prepared. Don't be counting on talking to Terry on the 5th of April. Yeah. So if you got it, great. If you don't, well, uh, everybody's going to be out of luck. So anyway, thanks again, John, Terry, for uh, being here. And I hope everybody has a great week. And, of course, Terry's call is Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern. And if for some odd reason you don't uh, have yourself on Terry's email list, send an email right now to queensongbird at gmail.com. All you have to do is say, please put me on the list. She'll get you on the list for the reminders for her call. She also sends out a bunch of other information on a regular basis, so it's not just about, oh, well, I know the phone number. I don't need to do that. No, there's other information she sends out that's beneficial to people as well. So you want to be on her email list and get the reminders as well. So uh, hope everybody has a great evening, and I will probably talk with those of you that join us on Terry's Call on Wednesday night. Have a great evening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night, all. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.